As the basket goes around the room, I want to remind us of a prayer that we're praying this year on a regular basis. If you pray it daily, that's great. Uh, If you're not able to do that daily, just um, regularly is good enough. So what we're doing is we're asking God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, to fill us with the knowledge of what He wants. God, what do you want? It's not what I want. It's not what you want. God, what do you want? And God brings that that understanding of what he wants with wisdom and with spiritual understanding, with a disclosure, with a revelation. And when we know what God wants, this will mean that we'll be able to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord. We'll be able to live a life that's consistent with who we say Our God is. And I love this. And we'll be able to give Him real delight. Hey, those are my kids. My kids are doing what I want. My kids are able to conduct themselves in a manner that's worthy of me. And that delights Him. And we bear fruit in every good work and grow up in the knowledge of God. We pray that will be given all possible strength according to the power of His glory, which would be the power of His resurrection, so that we'll have complete patience and truly become steadfast and joyful. That's our prayer for the year. As we pray that prayer, part of that prayer is learning to listen. And what I've noticed is we're traveling, we're traveling through Mark, the gospel of Mark. And uh, we're in a section of Mark that again and again and again, the message is, listen, listen. And this morning, I want to share from you from Mark 4, 21 to 25, increasing our capacity to listen. So God is speaking. And the question becomes, are we listening? You think about the history of God speaking. He spoke creation into being. From the very beginning, God spoke. And then he spoke promise to the patriarchs, to Abram, Isaac, Jacob. Then he spoke Torah. Then he spoke correction to Israel that was trying to live out that Torah. And then he spoke hope of a Messiah that would be the game changer and, and, and things would really improve and get better. And with that Messiah in the beginning was the Word, the the Logos. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus is God speaking. The writer of the Hebrew says this is the the final kind of speech that God's going to give. Everything, the climax of history is really the coming of Jesus. So Jesus spoke, and if you're following along with, with, with Mark as we're going together... The message that Jesus spoke is contained in these words. The time is fulfilled. God's been working history towards this moment of fulfillment. And the kingdom of God, the rule of God has come near. It's so near that we can enter it. So God is reestablishing his rule on the earth. He's putting an end to our rebellion. And Jesus says, repent. And that repentance, the essence of that word is change your mind. 
That change of mind, that change of belief will change behavior. But it starts with a change of mind. And what Jesus is saying, you you need to change your mind about the timeline. Because God's doing this prematurely according to your timeline. You need to change your mind about what the kingdom of God is. Because there was a preset idea throughout rabbinic Judaism about what the kingdom of God was. You need to change your mind most importantly about me, Jesus would say. Because I'm the Messiah and I'm really different than what you thought I would be. So change your mind and believe this good news. This is the best news that the planet's ever received. So Jesus speaking that message. So he's now, he's announcing the good news of the kingdom. And he announces that good news in synagogues, mainly by teaching. And then he announces in that same, in synagogues, that same kingdom with these powerful demonstrations, like all of a sudden somebody in the synagogue meeting manifests a demon and Jesus tells that demon to be quiet and get out. That's pretty powerful. And Jesus announces by the healing of the sick, the the kingdoms, the rule of God's arrived on the planet. God is setting things that are wrong, right? Setting people free, healing people. Then he announced the good news of the kingdom by recruiting others to follow him and to join him as heralds. That's the New Testament word. You're heralding, you're announcing this good news of the kingdom. And then we've come to a place in Mark 4 where he switches to begin to announce the kingdom by parables. Now the shift to parables comes after his family stops listening to him. When his family shows up and says, you know... We believe Jesus has lost it. We believe that Jesus is both spiritually and mentally imbalanced. And we need to take him home. He needs some rest. That's a family that's not listening. And in that same story, you've got these religious leaders who are not listening. When they look at what Jesus is doing and setting people free... From, from demons, and they say, oh, you know, he does that by the power of the devil. And Jesus is going, whoa, 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 wow. I don't think you're listening. If you are, if you are crediting the work of God, the Holy Spirit through me to the adversary, to Satan, the devil... You're not listening, and the consequences for not hearing are really severe. Because you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So, so Jesus shifts gears because people are not listening. And the consequences for not listening are really, really severe. So he's doing people a favor. And he's not with the par- he's not making it harder for people to hear. He's not making it harder for people to respond to the announcement of the kingdom. But he's revealing the hidden. He's he's illuminating the treasure in order 
that there can be a positive listening response to his invitation to enter the kingdom. Another thing that's a, that that's, you find in the story, I'm just trying to give you the flow, is, is Jesus says to the 12 and a larger crowd, probably not 72 yet, he says, you know, you're asking me about parables to you, those who are following me, has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But those outside, everything comes in parables so that they may indeed look but not perceive. They may indeed listen but not understand so that they may not turn again and be forgiven. Two things. One, Jesus is not saying, I'm making it harder for people to respond. He's actually using a figure of speech that says the parables will cause people to look and to look and to look until they see. The parables will cause people to listen and listen and listen and listen until they understand. Because I want people to turn and be forgiven. It's a figure of speech. It's a hyperbole. The mystery Jesus is talking about is the secret thoughts, the plans the dispensations of God, which are hidden from the human reason, as well as all other comprehension below the divine level, and hence must be revealed to those for whom they are intended. How do we know what we know? I spent a couple of days at Haven River Inn with the past national director of the vineyard, Bert, and a few other vineyard pastors. And one of, one of Bert's passions is just how do we know what we know? Epistemology. And there, you know, what most of us have been brought up, well, if I want to know, I get a book. If I want to know, I, I go to class, I go to school, I get a degree. If I want to know, I just think. I mean, we've really been brought up in a rationalistic world. Jesus is saying there's another way to know. And that's the mystery of the Spirit. The Spirit reveals knowledge to us, which we will not find in a book, which we will not find in a classroom. Wow. In Mark 4, Jesus continues this theme of, man, I'm announcing something you don't want to miss. So it's really important that you hear. Use your ears to hear. Do not use your ears not to hear. Jesus said to them, is a lamp, just a little oil lamp. This is from Nazareth Village. Sits on my front porch and I use it occasionally. A little olive oil and a wick. Is that, is that lamp brought in and put under a bushel basket? I mean, if I did that, what would happen to the light? It goes out. Or is that, is that lamp... Brought in, put under a bed, a little bed warmer. Yeah, oh gosh. No, 
You, you light the lamp, you put it on a lampstand lamp so it illuminates, for there is nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. And then he repeats the same line that he just said in the paragraph earlier. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. Everybody touch your ears. I want you, you have ears. You have ears. Now the question is, are you using these ears to hear? Or are you not using these ears to hear? His appeal is, hey... Pay attention to what you hear. The measure you give in listening is the measure you get. The measure that you use your ears to listen is the measure that you will get disclosure. And still more will be given you. For the those who have more will be given. And from those who have ears but do not hear, who have nothing, no disclosure, no revelation, even what they have, which is nothing. Nothing from nothing comes to nothing will be taken away. This oil lamp that's never hidden under a basket, never hidden under a bed. It's placed on a lampstand to illuminate the darkness. There's nothing hidden except to be disclosed, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Jesus is talking about the announcement of the kingdom of God. I have come to bring revelation of the unknown. I have come to bring disclosure of a treasure that you don't want to miss. And it's all based upon listening. We must listen. Let anyone with ears to hear listen. Pay attention to what you hear. This is the fourth time in two paragraphs Jesus has given. I'm going to broaden it. It's the sixth time. In three paragraphs that Jesus has repeated these words. This is so important. And what he's adding in this this theme of listen is the encouragement to increase our capacity to listen. The measure you give, is it going to be a cup? Is it going to be a half a cup? Is it going to be a third of a cup? Is it going to be, what's that? Four, thank you. I mean, which measure are we going to use? Because depending upon what measure we use is what we're going to get back. If I give a fourth of a cup to listening, I'll get a fourth of a cup back. But if I give a cup, I'll get a cup back. The greater our capacity the greater we receive. But if we're not listening, there's no measure extended, we get nothing. It's it's harking back to a family that wasn't listening. 
It's harking back to religious leaders who, who thought they had it all figured out. And man, it was, they even thought they had it figured out and they had, they had God's word. That's the tragedy. But they didn't extend any measure of listening. So it leaves us with a question. What is our capacity for listening? And I want to make some suggestions. Obviously, there's nothing that drips out of my ears into a cup. So it's, it's just, it, it's an illustration. So I would, I'd like us, let's, let's measure capacity for listening by the number of minutes we can listen, we can listen without interrupting. So if I'm listening to you, how long can I listen to you? Without interrupting you verbally or without interrupting you with the script that's going off in my head that I'm scripting so I can reply to you. What's my capacity to listen without interruption? Measure capacity for listening by learning to be an active listener. Sounds to me like you're saying and repeat what the person is saying. That assures the person that you are listening. I hear you. I want to hear you. And then the next measure capacity for listening by learning to ask open-ended questions. That leads to more listening. What's an open-ended question? But maybe even better, easier, what's a closed-end question? You're asking a question that expects a yes or no answer. That, that, that does not lead to conversation. That leads to a yes, no end of conversation. So ask questions. Tell me more. Or sounds like you're saying this. What does that mean? Fill it out for me. That's how we can increase our capacity to listen. And guess what? If we can do that with each other, we can do that with God. What's our capacity for sitting still and saying, Lord, I'm listening? Lord, I think you're saying this. You can practice active listening with God. (laughs) And you can say, you know, that's not quite right, but you're close. Ask him, God, Jesus, I think you said this. And I'm going to ask you this question. Have a conversation. If we want to do more of that, then, you know, we have this wonderful history where we can draw from spiritual spiritual exercises of silence and solitude. That increases our capacity for sitting still. Be still. Oh, my soul. And listen. So God speaks. And we hear. And then we do. Same, if we're increasing our capacity to be in this relationship, in a conversation with God, 
It will, it will impact how we communicate with one another. So we, we have to practice. And I want to give, hey guys, I got an assignment for us. Our ladies are coming back this afternoon after a weekend away. I bet you. <laughs> I bet you each wife coming home would like us to listen to their story. I bet you they'd love for us to give some active feedback. It sounds like this went on in your and it look they probably want you to ask some open-ended questions. And do all that before you, oh honey, it was so hard and this and the let your wife tell her story before you tell your story. Again, the measure you use will be measured to you. If you don't want to listen to your wife, guess what? She's probably not going to listen to you. Can we take a moment? Just pause. Do nothing other than listen. Just listen. You know, in our culture, I think it's like we have the capacity of one minute and then we start getting nervous. So we won't stretch us too much. But I would, I, would, I would like to put it out there. We need to be able to sit still and listen for 15 minutes without interruption. That's a good goal to shoot for. So let's just take a couple of minutes. Listen. And as you listen, just what are you hearing? Who are you hearing? What's going on? Communication's happening. What is it? Who is it? Okay? Be still. Be still. Oh, my soul. Be still and listen. Let those who have ears to hear Listen. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Jesus, there's so much that we would love to hear from you. But as we come to the end of this time, my thought is that 
as people following you, we're, we're still grappling with, with your original announcement. We're still not pausing long enough to say, Lord, what are you saying? Your kingdom, the kingdom of God has come near. Your invitation for us to enter the kingdom. What that means for our generation, what that means for human history. Lord, that's just one starting point. There's so much more. So Holy Spirit, I do ask that you would take what has been spoken today and remind us, empower us to listen. To listen to your voice. To listen to the voice of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To listen, to read the Bible and listen. To pray the listening prayer. To walk about in in the beautiful places that we live in. Listen, to commune, to walk with you, to listen. And then moving that into our lives, to listen to one another. And then moving it beyond us to listen to the people of this world. What they have to say, to listen. Give us ears to hear, Lord, in your name. Amen. So thank you very much for time together. God bless. Enjoy the week. And have a great afternoon of of welcoming everybody home.